Greetings, hello, and happy new year, everyone. <laughs> we did it. We made it to another year without killing each other. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> nobody will be surprised. We're a bit late because a few technical difficulties. Nobody yeah, watches. Of it. course, She's surprised. Surprised <laughs> in the slightest. Yeah, at least. At least with this, hopefully all the technical difficulties we got out before we got on. So, you know, fingers crossed. Oh, always nice. Um, it's just so out of control. It's it's never just... By the time you narrow down to the one element that might be causing the problem, you've gone through everything, and then you're yeah. scratching your head going, that works, <laughs> that works, that works, that works. <laughs> yep. what, what's not working? Now it's... Uh, usually switching on and off again like it's you're switching every bit on and off again that's right and that that's exactly what it was just taking out the new card putting in the old one and restarting the son of a bitch it's so fucking stupid oh man there's we uh using windows yeah mm -hmm. there's a uh maybe go through it with you there's a a thing that you test your uh Diagnostic and restart your Wi Fi card and just saves you having to go through all that. Um, I use it a lot, as you can, <laughs> you've uh, attested to. It. Well, the thing is, like, I I did and it was showing like all the networks and stuff, but for some reason, like, just this new adapter, which is like 10 times faster than the card that I'm using right now or the adapter that I'm using right now, and it just it would not fucking connect. It's the dumbest fucking thing. Happy New Year to Adam. Uh, good to see you on board, buddy. <laughs> hey, you shithead. How you doing? Yeah. Welcome to us. Way, way too early to be awake. You stayed up all night partying. Come on. God, I didn't even stay up. I stayed up most of the night with my bloody birds. <laughs> and the yeah, fabrics I... are uh, really yeah. bad this year. It's, yeah, I... <clears throat> Oh my god, it was fucking terrible. I thought I was gonna have to sleep with headphones in last night because of how bad the fireworks were around here. And motherfuckers are starting at like 7 p.m. It's like just oh, yeah, barely been... dark around here, and they're already mm -hmm. lighting them off. Well, the thing is here, um, because we're we've just passed the solar system, the days are only starting to get longer. Because the northern hemisphere, we get maybe two hours of daylight. Like it's um, just come to 4 p.m. and it's dark already. Nice. No, it's like nighttime. That's and actually this time of year messes with my head. I'll not lie, because I'm up in the morning, the moon is still up in the sky. Mm -hmm. I go to work and then I go into a place with no windows. <clears throat> so into like a back office flipping box. So fluorescent light, I don't stick my head out. <laughs> and then I come out to go home and it's dark again. And mm -hmm. it's like eternal night. <laughs> uh and then even when it is daytime, it's like a gray, like you don't see the sun, it's just grayness. Yeah. And that's kind of it for about three months. And it's, uh, it does start, you don't realize it, but it starts messing with your head. Just uh, not having a day nighttime cycle, it's, it's weird. Mm -hmm. But I got really hit bad this time of year. Like I freaking crawl under the covers and stuff, just like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, that just sounds magical. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds magical until you actually have to go through it, and then uh, then you realize how much your body clock is important, and how much mm -hmm. a natural rhythm and like your sleep pattern. These are all like major contributing factors to your mental health. And if you don't have that, it just uh, that's the first sign of somebody breaking down. Oh, there. the chat's getting busy today. Happy New Year, hey! Lucas. Uh, 
did you see our stream where Chris and I were talking about Killer Clouds from outer space? Uh, still, I I feel so so cheated. It would have just been me blowing the Kyoto Brothers for two or three hours. I fucking love that movie. That's like one of the greats. So good. Um, great to have you on board, guys. Um, we're with some sort of structure to the show as usual, but uh, <laughs> gotta start off ranting about the world and how shit it is. And <laughs> I mean, it, is it even shot. really the talk spot if we don't do that first? course not that's, that's <laughs> just offload <laughs> offload under the interwebs because <laughs> the world is horror mm. i don't know man like we were just saying before what live um here's hoping that things are going to get a bit better in this year mm. because uh last year was terrible even never mind what's going on in the world like politically war fucking people yapping all the time uh but just for entertainment and movies, it was shit. Yes and no. I mean, we did get a fuck ton of new horror movies and like big release horror movies. They might not have all been good, but we got them. And I mean, that's only a good thing. That's what this horror studios are going to realize. Oh yeah, no, this shit's big. This you know, this yeah. is our big money maker. So maybe we'll produce more of this stuff. Yeah, because every other franchise is falling apart. <laughs> And the freaking companies are in debt. So I was just reading, uh, watching a thing there before you come on about uh, stock share prices of certain companies, and it's like, ah, <laughs> even the Forbes is telling them to sell, and it's like, ah, that's never good. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the space suit theory of oh, the cutter clouds. Yeah, I, ha I haven't been... listened to it yet, so yes, I do. All right, to hear um, this, uh, you, you need to get on that, and uh, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's that's what's important. Even if the world's going to rat shit, you need escapism. You need to mm -hmm. step out of it and have fun because if you don't, you put your own head away. Mm -hmm. And I've been trying not to because it's just been uh, with I was telling you working all just for complete upheaval. Now I go yeah. <laughs> back on Tuesday to a pile of shit, and I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I don't want to do it. I can't be bothered. I'm too old now. I just want to fucking be left alone. But no. Good old Kong gets into the middle of the fray with fucking chaos and things burning down around him. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. It just seems to be uh, that's my uh, just lot in life going to these companies that are just absolutely in fucking turmoil. Well, yeah, they need somebody to wipe their ass, and then you show up and they're like, hey, this guy looks like he's got a pretty decent, steady hand. Uh, and then uh, do they don't like the way I do it because they're trying to teach them how to do it themselves. I prefer to wallow in self-loathing and inferiority, but he's still around. <laughs> hey, we've all, we've all, how do we go? Um, well, how do we go with that? <laughs> That's, that was me last night. Actually, I was just going, what the hell? This is shit. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, the freaking it might, might pretty birds. It's absolutely scary shit. Listen, my two are sassy. You know, my two birds are just sassy. They don't care. They, they, they like go share the word. They were screaming at seagulls or they were like, come on in. Like, yeah. <laughs> you'd crazy. be a snack. You'd be a snack to those. What are you doing? And he's like, come on. Yeah, that's because of glass window between you and you're all brave. Shit. Fuck yeah. I mean, that just kind of sums up the world in general. <laughs> yeah, you get behind a keyboard. Oh, the best. <laughs> now, that's some wee pipsqueak when you, if you ever meet them in person, they run away from you. Mm. Yeah, it was an interesting year, though. I have to say, um, movies-wise, 
uh, obviously we've talked about some of the massive failures, but it was weird, uh, not just the fact that the movies come out, but the way they come out, that's what really got to me. The whole mm-hmm. distribution side of things is completely tits up. Yeah, and I, I don't get it either, too, because like movie theaters across the country, even like the big chain ones are like dying. And it's like, why wouldn't the now that restrictions are up and stuff like why wouldn't you push so hard to get movies on screens? Because, I mean, most of them are they're just fucking Blu-rays. You throw a, a Blu-ray in a bubble wrapper and send it somewhere and make money like it just blows my mind. And it's basically, it's not like um, back in the 80s. Um, if you remember, like even the video stores, like those um, VHS tapes, they were under license. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't sell them because you uh, the video store would get major penalties. So they were treated, you know, as if they were cool bricks. But we're not like well, that anymore. That when way. you could first start buying them, they were like gold bricks. <laughs> yeah. Like a hundred fucking dollars. Oh, yeah. Um, they got a, an ex-rental uh VHS when it first came out, it was absolutely ridiculous, but that's why the whole rental um, model worked. Mm-hmm. But you were still getting movies, that was the thing, you were still getting movies within time of each other. Uh, the only thing was a movie theater releases, that, there was a maybe a bit of a delay there, but generally, um, especially a big release with the premieres, Hollywood, London, you know, uh, Singapore, they went through various countries, it was, it was within a week of each other, so there was never that um, delay. Mm-hmm. But now with streaming, you'd think it would be easier. But it's well, worse. The thing is, like, when that shit happens, when you don't just hit a button and it releases worldwide, that is what, co- well, I mean, piracy is caused by fucking cunts that don't give a shit. Um, but aside from that, like, that's one of the biggest contributing factors to piracy is not having accessibility. Like, there's no fucking reason why something digitally can't come out worldwide because all these companies work together anyways, so it just it makes fucking sense. They have their legal shit sorted out. They have their subsidiaries. And it's easier now than ever. Mm-hmm. And it's got worse. And it kind of shows the direction. The people have got into the entertainment industry. I know a lot of them are already there, but there's definitely uh, an absolute clan of grifters that mm-hmm. have cemented themselves in the entertainment industry and that they don't have the talent they don't have the capability and not even front-facing in terms of acting but in the background they yeah. don't have it and they're shit and they couldn't freaking run a piss up in a brewery and they've completely and this is how many times have we tried to coordinate to discuss a movie even this one we're about to talk about um trying to get coordinate with the release date was impossible yeah, it's so just um, and the temptation for me obviously would be to resort to said piracy, but fuck that, you know. There's other people that rely on the movie industry. There's countries where they shoot that that's their only source of income, major yeah. income. That's what keeps some countries alive, like uh, Estonia. Uh, where else? Like some of the Eastern European countries that are used for locations. Yeah. That's that's not particular town or village's main income uh and we're not just talking about actors and actresses we're talking about catering people drivers mm-hmm. yeah uh, the full crew technical crowds the carpenters they're all trades that get that boost whenever a movie comes to town um mm-hmm. so to give the budget dickheads who are just sticking all in their pocket and uh taking away from the, those guys the low level guys i don't think that's right and that's 
that's how you know I mean if you truly care about the world never mind chanting your slogans think about how things work i know i've hurt a lot of people's brains especially when you get blue hair it seems to be they hurt blue it seems to like rinse your fucking brain out um and you pick up a fucking banner that seems to like waft away you know when you're waving it that just wafts the rest of your brain out your ear but think about how things work mm -hmm. and this year with the fucking movie industry it hasn't worked at all and it's ridiculous yeah. What was it I was talking? Uh, yeah, it was a Hellraiser release. Remember, I was, I was telling you about the people in the group. You know, I was looking at a horror group, and I was just uh, mm. somebody was talking about it. I was like, people just openly. No, I don't bet. I I uh, bit torn it. Half done for years, never will. And yet they're the most vocal people. And you're like, all right. So no, of course. you claim this is something. You claim to be a fan, but you won't stick your hand in your pocket to help that mm -hmm. fandom, that franchise, uh, move ahead. Yeah, like, no, you're you're not a fan. You're just a cunt. Yeah, and you're the one that will laud changes or changes the lore that the actual fan of who do pay money. They're the ones that the freaking execs listen to. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, it was lacking, um, and I, I I did a full deep dive. I, but I still haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, um, I haven't. Uh, the you'll neither hear it. You'll neither love it or hate it. You'll just kind of be like, oh, okay. You know what? Sometimes that's not a bad thing. I sometimes just right in the middle ground, but there's some images to turn my brain off. I like that. Yeah, I just uh, without front, Heller's been kicked in the balls. It really has. Times. Yeah. And a that don't want to actually deal with the material. And once again, for the flag rivers, the actual material is perfect for right. all the colors of your little flag that you want to wave. Your fucking mm. alphabetic spaghetti ship, but you don't want to deal with it. Actually, they're in front of you. You want it tokenized. You want it fucking watered down. You want yeah, it. Fucking that's the shit that sterilized. gets me. Like, especially with like Clive Barker's work. Like, I, I don't even have to say anything. Anybody that understands Clive Barker's works understands. Like, that's that's something that with this fucking cultural shift that we're dealing with, like. That should be championed and pushed out front. Like fucking look at uh uh fucking Nightbreed for fuck's sake. I mean, I know I get in an argument with my wife all the time over it, but like that is a a, a movie about coming out. Like, he he stated that. So when the actual creator states that, where's the argument? Oh, that's like why is <laughs> shit like that championed? Uh, I yeah, it's fucking. Dumb. No, but the, the fucking water. That's what I said, these people. But the ones champion and say they're an ally in this, they'll not put their hand in their pocket and they'll not put fucking people in work and they'll not give them yeah. a job. And guess what's more important than anything is a fucking roof over your head, food on the table, and a chance of a future for you and your family, whatever shape that family might take. And if, and by you not actually, you can shout all you want and fucking get likes and shares and fucking go off and wind people up. But if you don't put your hand in your pocket and actually support that franchise, well, fuck you. You're a, you're actually a part of the enemy. The fucking uh, alt-right Nazi, you know, the fucking demon behind the bush, and we've all seen that before, um, who actually would put their hand in their pocket and watch it and make comment on it, and then you put them off, actually put your hand in your pocket, you're doing doubly the work that no religious fanatic could ever... Uh, Hope to change. 
Do, do you know what I mean? Um, you're burning down the very franchise that your enemies. Um, let's be honest, most people just want to do a freaking movie or a TV show or a book. Most people work, most people fucking knock their palm in, and that's a bit of escapism, whatever mm-hmm. form it might take. And the fucking arseholes that are parroting like mad, and we've had on many rants about fucking parroting. Um, you're a dick, and you're actually part mm-hmm. of the problem. And you can call people whatever you want, but you're actually the enemy, and you're actually against the franchise because if you won't actually physically support it, if you don't have either legitimately rented it, went to the theater to see it, or if you don't have the physical copy in your hand, well, fuck you, and your opinion is invalid. Mm-hmm. That's just ravenous. But they will change your Facebook photo so you know it's all even. Oh, shit. Yeah, he found a loophole. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> got to gotta have, it. like, the banner. <laughs> that's that's all matters. Little sticker on the yeah. side. So that, 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 that makes up for everything. Never mind what I've just said there. No talk about socioeconomics. <laughs> actually making people's eyes better. Sure, fucking change your sticker. It'll cost yeah. you nothing. I mean, sure. It works. <laughs> yeah, that, that all forgiven. You're fucking virtuous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but they are the arseholes. Absolute fucking arseholes. And I'm just sick of them. And that, that's kind of affected this year because we've had opportunities. Like I said, there's been good movies, but they haven't been supported. So the chance of them getting made again. I mean, honestly, at least like stateside, it seems like a lot of the indie shit that's had big releases because of the, you know, the. Uh, health of the industry right now like I mean fucking look at Terrifier 2 was it a good movie yeah but because of the success of it like it was only supposed to be out for maybe a week or two in select theaters and it ended up doing three fucking months across the country and because of Mm -hmm. that like that greenlit another one and like shit like that has helped a bunch have most of the movies been dog turds? Probably. But well, we've talked about a few of them over the year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as long as it's not I pretty much at this point, I compare everything to Halloween ends. As long as it's not that bad, I'm okay with it. Oh fuck, we've got the exorcist this year. <sighs> That's a this year problem, not last year problem. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Eric Gordon Green, the savior of horror. It's like fucking horror saved you, bastards. That's the mm-hmm. point we're making. Fuck if it wasn't for horror, there'd be more closures and companies going bust. Mm-hmm. Once again, and that's, the that's always franchise. been the uh, the uh, you know redheaded stepchild of uh, the cinema industry, but it's always been what supported the family. So yeah, it just keeps going back full circle. Yeah, it's funny. Anyway, I suppose we'll talk about what's uh, coming out this year. Uh, well, yeah, we'll this, about, this I'm excited uh, we'll about, Yeah. Um, well, I have concerns. Um, I'll go away and uh, explain why I won't go through the article. But, um, yeah, we'll, we've talked about shitty things coming out, and it's just like, oh, God. But what we do have is another entry to the Evil Dead franchise. Okay. yeah. Um, Evil Dead uh, Rise Evil Dead Rise director talks expanding the Evil Dead universe 
I'm, I've kind of mentioned this on previous streams, but I thought both being fans of the franchise, this would be a good wee, uh, dive into the article. Mm. Uh, this was by Games Radar. So stay away from bloody disgusting and all them shitty ones. Um, as we've talked about before, it's fucking hard to get news. It's actually hard to get proper news about releases and when they're mm -hmm. coming out and what the story's going to be. All we're seeing are fluff pieces by interns. That's absolutely crap. But it's been over 40 years since Ash Williams and his friends made the failed error of opening Necronomicon in Sam Raimi's original The Evil Dead. Uh, the demonic deadites have proved more than resilient than their peers and the infamous list of 80s video nasties. And now they're set for a Los Angeles-based comeback titled Evil Dead Rise. Red flag right there, fucking Los Angeles. Oh my God. Um, I'm worried about that. Because that's a place where they want to be making movies in that fucking post-code area. This, I'm... I don't know. I'm interested because it's like when people properly utilize LA as a you know a, a background character, it can be awesome. Uh, but if it's just like, oh, we're in the middle of LA in an apartment and they don't properly use the setting, yeah, I feel like that's fucking stupid. Oh, you mean like all the homeless people shitting and pissing outside in the street and fucking yeah, keep it real. Needles everywhere. Like, that's the grimy side of it. Like, the 80s movies, every time they showed in LA, it was like the fucking, in San Francisco, all the griminess. And mm -hmm. that was, that made it interesting. Yeah, exactly. Like, if they, if they lean into it like that, that'll be awesome. But if it's just clean cut and shit, eh, that's, that's boring. You could do that anywhere. Yeah. Um, there is no action in this story, and there's no cabin in the woods, and there are two iconic elements of the of what Evil Dead is. Now, we had a reboot produced oh, by uh, amazing uh, Bruce Campbell, and we had a introduced a new set of characters. What happened there? That's that's my question. Where'd that story yeah, go? But, yeah, I I don't get it because it did well, and everybody seemed to appreciate it. I mean, I mean, of course, there's a lot of grumpy people like, ooh, make an Ash a girl. It's like, no, motherfucker, it's a different character. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, a, I don't, she I don't wasn't uh, Ashley Williams, you know, she was a brand new character. Mm -hmm. And it made sense for that particular cabin to have been passed on or sold or just exists. Mm -hmm. uh, they came across it. That, that made sense. We, we reviewed it, and that's one of the movies we actually agreed on and enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Despite having the baggage of, oh, fuck, here we go, another gender swap, oh, here we go. Taking that in mind, um, it scares me, Evil Dead's amazing franchise. Yeah, please don't ruin right. like, it. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm trying to be optimistic about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I can understand the Necronomic, and, and I, I'll, I'll draw a comparison, and you can tell me what you think, but we'll, we'll go through the article. Anyway, um, it still needed to maintain some of the claustrophobia it continues, and that translated well, really well from the cabin into an urban environment. This is about a family in a rundown building stuck in their apartment, so it follows the same rhythm, but puts it in a more contemporary space. I get that. The dead, like, the dead eyes weren't just in the cabin. Like in the Ash versus Evil Dead series, it was all through the town and through different locations, and it worked well. So that's it doesn't have to be in the cabin, in the woods, um, I don't think we're all that stuck on that side of things. It's the lore itself. Um, 
there is no cabin in the woods uh in the latest evil dead movie cronin and this is the bit uh where i have my concerns um cronin who caught Raimi's eyes with the 2019 horror the hole in the ground is a lifelong fan of the franchise now this is about style i watched the hole in the ground and reviewed it stylistically it's completely different the Raimi. And I don't know, because the whole thing to me, tell me if you agree or not, with the Evil Dead franchise, is not just the horror of the Deadites, but the humour. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it uh, what it is. And the oh, fact cool. that the Deadites are aware and want to mess with you, they're having mm-hmm. fun, and that comes across. Well, plus, like, the way it's shot, too. Like, visually, it's... Like, even with the remake, you still get those classic um, Raimi Brothers shots of like mm-hmm. the camera just way too low to the ground going fast as shit as a pov shot so i mean gotta have that kind of shit in it yeah um the hole in the ground was well a decent flick of its own is your generic um conjuring uh it's that sort of cinematography it's that sort of atmosphere mm-hmm. i don't see a transit in the movie. i mean now, maybe i need to see but it's because he referenced this particular movie, I went to check it out. And I'm going, this is generic horror. What's, where's the spark? Where's the comedy? If he had maybe mentioned two movies, like a comedy as well, he showed how he brings them together. So my concern is this is going to be like super serious, dark, gritty, generic horror. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be Evil Dead. And it's this, this particular sentence that's made me worry about that uh i think you haven't seen the hole in the ground no no i i haven't i did so, just put it in my queue though so hopefully i'll yeah i would maybe advise you checking it out no i'm not saying it's a bad movie mm-hmm. that's you know understand. i mean just looking at the log line it looks pretty damn decent I it's a decent it's actually a decent that. movie um it meanders a bit too long to get to the point mm-hmm uh, which seems to be the it seems to be like um from 2017 onwards they're starting to move into the long format like the, the thinking horror movie like they're two hours plus long and they're moving away from the short sharp shock of horror and get to the point so they're kind of dragging them out um god what did i watch i watched one a couple of review one a couple of nights ago and i was like Fuck, did you get to the end of this already you bloody uh <laughs> hurry up you know, just I was switching off towards the end because they're just dragging out. Oh, uh, wait, sorry, we're going to talk about that actually. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> it was taking the time. Um, but yeah, I don't see how his style is going to fit in with the Raimi universe unless Raimi's going to be involved as an advisor. Which I, I would imagine it'd have him and Campbell on board. Uh, it would need to be in the background because yeah. if they leave Cronin just to do what he's going to do. I don't see it working. Mm-hmm. Now, you've seen Nozzy, uh, Drag Me to Hell. Mm-hmm. Could that or could that not be inserted into the Evil Dead universe? I mean, it's you... part of the Raimi verse, so it could be. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, like that, oh my God, that was the funniest thing, like seeing that shit in theaters opening weekend. You could tell who was there because it was a Raimi movie and who was there because it was a new movie. Mm-hmm. Like, especially like the goat scene. 
Like everybody who was there because it's a Raimi movie is losing their fucking shit. And then everybody else is just there is just like kind of look around like, what the fuck is, why are you applauding this? (laughs) Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I love his style, man. Yeah, but the point I'm trying to make is because once again, these shitty articles, these journalists, they're really pissing me off because they're slowly, it's like a death by a thousand cuts. They're destroying the entertainment industry with their shite. They're focusing on two things, or a couple of things. Ash Williams, right, he's obviously getting on a bit, and he's already said himself, he's, you know, after Ash versus Evil Dead, he's like struggling, which is fair enough because it's working on a TV show or a movie is hard work. Physically, when you're doing well, and uh, just like a, a movie on boss physicality, yeah, like even with just his style of acting and portraying that character, like it's it's fucking taxing. Yeah, and that's uh, annoys me that people want to drag like Robert England out of the fucking you know back in the screen and beat him till he's actually dead. You know, it's like oh, it's not the same or Doug Bradley. It's like fucking give the guys a break. They're fucking pushing seventy. Mm-hmm. Fucking let them retire the. You know, it doesn't take away letting somebody retire and pass the torch. That's fucking been the whole thing. No, nope, everybody's got to throw a fucking fit. But these people will literally thrash someone to death until they're, they fucking expire. And it's, to me, that's mental. Mm-hmm. Expecting that of someone is just fucking, you're, you're fucking tapped in the head. If that's right. what you want, is to drag someone out until they can get no more. Like, you're not a fan, you're a fucking lunatic. Mm-hmm. But um, Drag Me to Hell didn't have Ash Williams. It didn't have the Cabin in the Woods. And guess what? That was a brilliant movie. A lot mm-hmm. of fun. All it needed was a few tweaks and the Necronomicon introduced. And that would have been another Evil Dead movie. And when, right. and it, it, was, it was almost like the crossover of Evil Dead and Thinner. Yeah, you just throw it in you just throw in a, a pie and uh, and the Necronomicon, and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, pies at the top of the Necronomicon. <laughs> yeah, and that's why she got cursed. <laughs> yeah, because she she got a thirty, and she didn't give it a slice. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm just sick and tired of the straw man, the the argument of who. Uh, Outright as the folks. That's like fuck off. If the story's told right, we don't care. We never have. And especially about the mm-hmm. horror genre. We don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Stop bringing yeah. your bullshit into our world. Yeah, and it's big excuse for bad storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. But like I said, with this article, um, Cronin, who caught Remy's eye, is a lifelong fan of the franchise, having seen the first two Evil Dead when he was nine, so Webby happily admits that the three Remy films, 2013 reboot slash sequel, Evil Dead, and TV spin-off, don't fit together quite perfectly. Well, we all know that, and we know why, because we know the whole shit that went in the background of the studios. Um, mm-hmm. He's trying to keep the latest film faithful to what's come before. I hope so, because his style is different. I hope he, because uh, uh, it's always a red flag. See when somebody says they're a fan and they make that statement and then it turns out they're not. Um, we I don't know. Kevin Could Smith be worse. Could be somebody that's like, oh, I'm not a fan and then they do it. 
Yeah. 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 It's half my audience hates my movie. It's a good thing. I want people to hit me because I'll jerk myself off for the hit fucking because I'm getting attention. It's like, okay, you mm. fucking idiots. Um, Fairland Universe, um, a lot of fun callbacks, and there's direct lines of the past. Part of the goal of making this movie is to create something that could expand the Evil Dead universe further. I thought the TV show did a really good job of that. Yeah. I thought it gave yeah, it extra dimension. And it wasn't just stuck to one location. In fact, they only went back to the cabin as a as a last resort to try and finish it. But it showed what happens when the Necronomicon gets about. Mm-hmm. Fuck, we even covered it in the creep show episode. The Necronomicon appearing, um, so the the book itself can go anywhere. Yeah. But as long as the, I just hope he understands and he can translate the style. It's one thing being a fan or something. But can you replicate that style? And what he's shown me so far in terms of that movie, I'm not seeing it. I can see one aspect of it, but if he tries to make it into a, a super serious horror, and if he can't do comedy, and comedy's not easy to do. Well, I don't know, man. Comedy and horror, like it, all the same principles to get a good scare are what you would use to get a good laugh. So it's like as long as he goes into it understanding, hey, it's the same beats, just how you play it differently. I think it'd be okay. Mm. I hope so. I really hope so because I, I want to say I don't want to see Evil Dead get ruined. I really don't. It's uh, it's one of the purest forms of expression. Let's say of, of genuine desire to make a good fun movie and people have fun while they're doing it even though like the cast were annihilated the first movie like they were <laughs> they're yeah. virtually abused <laughs> but they were all on board any one of them could have walked away at any time so they're all committed um that's all i want to say i want to say people committed to entertain us is that really so much to ask i think it is <laughs> today fucking... anyway that's into the future <laughs> Let's uh, let's dive into our releases and talk about uh, the present or what's just come out. Fuck yeah. And if you haven't uh, read the description, we're going to talk about smell. Fuck and yeah, we are. This is another example of fucked up releases because it's actually still in cinemas but it's only at certain times mm-hmm. during the day so if you're working you're not going to see it yeah yeah that should throw me insane i i was looking forward to seeing it in theaters because i mean that's just that's the way you're supposed to watch horror movies just in a big crowd there's something magical about that but yeah whatever i guess if i can watch it on the on my couch in my sweatpants that's that's a close second i guess okay. That has its uh, merits too, because you're not having to, you, know, <laughs> you can pause, yeah. you can go do your business, you can top up, you can chill out. But there's something about, it's part of the, we've talked about this before, it's part of the ritual. Yeah, absolutely. You know when it's coming out, you're getting dressed up, you're you're planning, you go to for a bite to eat beforehand, afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's all part of an experience. Um, yeah. Going in, you're, you're looking for the nudes, you're looking for somebody that's been brought along as a boyfriend or girlfriend or family member he's a known horror fan and you're you're clocking those people out to, 
bit to see the reaction. Um, you're for the old diehards. It's all part of the experience. And then yeah. because of the way a cinema is set up, you're absolutely surrounded. Uh, you've got the big screen, you've got the surround sound, you're immersed. Mm -hmm. And that's a completely different experience from home. Yeah. Uh, and I, I yeah, got it. Uh, we were going to cover this. Man, I wish I could have saw that in theaters. Once again, remember, I, I was actually sending Cameron the bloody uh, set. Here, here's here's what's appearing. This is all I can watch. And I'm afraid, because uh, we only have Barbarian on a Wednesday at lunchtime. So I'm like, what the hell is this? Uh, you really like to watch horror if you're unemployed? Is that the way <laughs> it works? I mean, the sacrifices you got to make, right? <laughs> God, if you, it's again the point you have to book a day's leave to go and watch a fucking movie. Like, it just, as I said, especially over here, we have been hit hard with mm -hmm. uh, over the last couple of years, and the cinema franchises and everything just completely up the left. The whole distribution side of things is balls. Um, this should not have been a hard thing. Movie gets released, go watch it, but it's becoming uh, a mission. Mm. But yeah, uh, it was the same with this. Didn't get the same theaters. It's actually still out, but it's on a fucking full moon during the third zenith of the fucking tidal wave, you know. And you you have to say the magic fucking chantra for the doors to open up in the magical cinema. They appear, let you actually watch a movie. It's fucking ridiculous, right? <laughs> but got to stream it. So <laughs> there we go. Um, the story follows. We've got Doctor. Uh, uh, didn't write down her surname. Rose, she's a psychiatrist. Um, her encounter with a patient leads to a whole series of events. And it's uh, an entity that sort of follows and feeds off misery and fear. And it's got it's a combination of it follows and the ring. Because it's yeah, like the encounter with the entity. Yeah, you've got five days and it follows from person to person. Um, mm -hmm. And the only way to sort of Beat the things to pass it on, but even the way you pass it on, it's just not. You basically you encounter this and you're stuffed. Mm -hmm. Um, the first yeah, I know it's on the trailer, but the first scene where we we'll see that I don't think we have this over here. I think like emergency psychiatric wards or like psychiatrists in mm -hmm. hospital. Well, I, I don't. I'm not I'm not familiar with that over here. I know that if somebody comes into like A and E, for example, and they've harmed themselves and they're, mm -hmm. they're deemed a threat, there's a there's a procedure that nurses go through that maybe get that person sectioned or they need to stay under observation. But the idea of the emergency psychiatrist, I don't get like on call like a doctor. Mm -hmm. Is that common? I mean, as far as I know. Like, I mean, it's still, it's the same situation. Like, um, if somebody is opposing any sort of signs of, you know, harming themselves or potentially others, they will basically lock them up in a hospital for, I think it's like 48 hours, 72 hours, something like that um, for ONA. Um, mm -hmm. But ultimately, yeah, they would have a psychiatrist come in and kind of diagnose what the hell's going on. Because it touched there. on this as well in Devlin, Ohio. I don't know if you uh, don't watch it anyway, but um, it was a Netflix series. No, I'm not sure. 
but she was uh, the main character, not not the the horror one, but the the therapist slash psychiatrist was an on call, like on call, like a doctor, mm-hmm. which I didn't think things moved that quickly. Like if somebody was uh, shown harm, they'd be restrained, but then the psychiatrist would do an evaluation the next day. They're more of a nine to five, not twenty four hour shift sort of thing. Mm. I, I, that's about I don't get, but that's it. Didn't fully well, take it, it, it does. Um with uh not personal experience but people that i know that have been in situations like that um it is like they'll have people there uh 24 7. all right okay that's it's a new thing uh like i said this is the second time i've encountered this scenario we're talking about Mm -hmm. basically like an emergency room psychiatrist which is a new one to me well i guess we're just crazy on the side of the pond Yeah, well, that's that's a given. <laughs> we've, yeah. we've had that, we've had that fucking conversation. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like a few plug. If I hadn't known, a few fucking plug holes on a few boats would have solved a lot of problems in the world. <laughs> but said of a, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just here's your job: corkscrew, fucking Mayflower. Right. Blub, 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 blub. Job done. Think of the Titanic having landed. There's another bunch of dickheads that at least you receive from. But yeah, um, that was interesting. Just that whole scenario, and I'm kind of fascinated because it's something new to me, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily equate that with the emergency room hospitals. So how true to life it is, I don't know. So it's, uh, that drew me in. That whole, like I said, second time I encountered it. Mm-hmm. But what did you think of the whole setup, and then? The meeting, the session between Rose and Laura Weaver. Um, so admittedly, the first time I saw it, I was a little put off. Um, I don't know. I I was telling my wife, I I think the first time we watched it, I was just being kind of a fucking poopy pants or something. But initially, I was just like, this kind of funky. But uh, like watching it a second time and understanding the tone of the movie and how it plays out like it just it was fucking perfect uh the performance was great uh even down to how she gets like essentially possessed like it it was a great fucking scene i i thought it was powerful um one thing that cinema can't translate and i think this is a problem with psychological horror we only see physically what Mm -hmm that can produce on screen, but it's the actual beyond scene bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's always the most effective. It's the actually tap it in to the trauma. And I don't think they'll ever be able to produce that on screen. And you have to kind of forgive that, I think, and understand that it's actually tap it in. That, like, we could be in a room together and your primal fears would be different from mine, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't be something that could be mapped necessarily manifested physically it's like drawn into the psyche and i don't think we'll get to see how the entity does that because some of this stuff's goofy you know well the sea in terms of the jump scares and stuff but yeah i think i have to understand the actual psychosis behind it or what the entity's tapping into i don't think it's an easy thing to show on screen yeah definitely well i mean that's why uh you know, showing the monsters as little as possible is always way more effective than when they're in the forefront. Because, like, your your mind is 
way scarier than anything they can put on screen. Yeah, and that's that's always been the the successful horror movies, uh, the tell don't show sort of thing. You know, it's um, it's always the record in the shadows. It's never fully formed. Like the, I I did the Alien trilogy last night, and of course the first one, you don't see the xenomorph. It's hidden in the shadows. You don't see it in its fully realized form. And then uh, in the second one, yeah, it's. Supposedly more of an action flip, but it still has all the horror elements, mm-hmm. and you still don't see the xenomorphs fully. Yeah, and it works, even though there's loads of them. You, they're only they're in the shadows, they're in a horde. You don't actually see the full shape, so it still has that horror element. Mm-hmm. And then in the third one, we have CGI fucking puppy xenomorph, and god, that thing looks awful. I mean, when you see the CGI why, why scenes. Why didn't you watch the fourth one alongside? No, no, no. There's what fourth one? <laughs> no, no, no. It's only a trilogy. I, yeah, I, don't know. Only a trilogy. I think it was a knockoff from China. It's talking about there's other movies, but I don't believe it. I mean, there's a trilogy. <laughs> yeah, the third one wasn't great, but that was a complete story told. You know what I mean? And that's I'm glad they never revisited. I know there's been a few <laughs> knockoffs and that, but you know. But that's that was an example of. Don't show the full entity. They're perfectly for two movies and third ones. I fucking oh, what the hell? Uh, and just you just removed any uh, tension and horror. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, we kind of get the idea that this is unlocked something. Uh, it just seemed like a, uh, somebody might be unstable just doing it. Um, mm-hmm. And then her reaction to it, which would have been fair enough. But then we start to hear that she's working 80 hour weeks, she's pushing herself to the limit. So there's something else going on there. Because mm-hmm. surely, like I said, it's not like she's a heart. Tr- and this is where I've got a problem getting my head around. Um, mental health is not a quick fix. You know, like clear, fixed. You know, it's. Not yeah. like that. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> yeah. Um, like the title of electrons are very clear. It doesn't kind of work like that. It's a slow process. So, like I said, I don't understand a psychiatrist being on call. Like, um, 20 session therapy, stop. You know, I don't, I can't meld those two together. So, that's where I'm having with problems with her being constantly on call because. Mm-hmm. Logically, the therapy session would be held during the day, and the you know the routine would go at night. You wouldn't be holding sessions at like nine, ten p.m. with a current patient. It just maybe to make it as an assessment, but even then, well, I mean, I don't see it that's what they're involved. there for. A nurse can it's make that, you know. Well, it's I, oh. I think it's to uh, more so figure out what part of the hospital they're going into and what kind of restraints they need and all that shit. Yeah, triage, but I don't see it yeah. as involved as what she's saying. That's mm-hmm. that's where I'm having a difficulty mm-hmm. with this character. And like I said, I've countered it before. They've done the same character with that series, and I don't get it. It would be a triage, like a triage nurse. They're not fully involved with the treatment. They're just making a, a snap assessment. They're actually not getting too involved with the patient, just from my limited understanding. They'd be making that, okay, this person's likely to self-harm. They need to go there, or if they're sedated, Recheck it in an hour. 
but I don't see her being in that intense environment, like a heart surgeon or a yeah. trauma surgeon. And that's what they're trying to build her up to be. And this is where I'm having trouble, like I said, trying to reconcile those mm-hmm. two elements with this character. And that's um, that's been my difficulty through this movie. I mean, if, so think... if, that, if that's the worst of it, then that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't have a problem buying into like her being there and her putting in that kind of work. Um, I mean, especially as time goes on in the story, because we realize that she's fucking crazy. So, oh, absolutely. Um, for me. <laughs> and it becomes obvious, like, dare to, like, she kept referring to Rose as my patient. I lost my patient. And even her supervisor goes, her sister was it? Her sister. This is somebody you met for ten minutes. Mm-hmm. It was a sad that line. That was her sister. It was her sister. Yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah. you met for ten minutes. Why are you losing your mind over this? Which, which, uh, I mean, you, you watch somebody kill themselves. If you don't got the stomach for that, I mean, that's gonna fuck you up. So her sister's I kind of. A <laughs> well, her sister has a cunt, but that's completely, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, her sister's a cunt, but then we see why, and mm-hmm. you kind of have sympathy for her briefly. Uh, not a likable character, neither is her husband. Mm-hmm. And that's an issue I have. These are not likable characters, which doesn't help. You know what? Honestly, I think that worked because, um, like, it gave definitely gave me more sympathy for her. Um, like, especially the interactions with her husband. Like, he was. I mean, she's essentially his beard. Like that guy, he's he's not straight. That so that's like you know already a be? fucked up dynamic. Do you know what came to mind when I first saw him? Uh, Do you remember our good friend Captain Turtleneck? Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> yeah! Holy shit! That totally is Captain Turtleneck. Oh my God! I didn't even think about. It. I really need to rewatch that movie. Oh God! That's, but uh, yeah, that's. Yeah, straight up. Holy shit. Yeah, that guy is well, Captain Turtleneck returns. Yeah, straight up. Oh my god, I'm not gonna be able to see this shit the same again. <laughs> yeah, it's the same dynamic. Like that dude is just in a completely different movie. He's a fucking asshole. Like that shit. Uh, you know, the moment that she freaks out because she sees her patient standing in the shadows of her kitchen as she's sitting there with a glass of wine. Which, let's be realistic. You had a shit fucking day. Why are you using a glass? Just pull the fucking cork out. Go sit your ass down and just pound from the bottle. Like that's yeah, what a normal human's gonna do. But yeah, like that instance where he comes home, he scares her, she drops it, and she's like trying to just vent to him, like this is what happened, and he's just staring at her like she's an asshole, and then she stops. She's like, no, no, just, just never mind. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's like, what the fuck? Like if you are somebody's partner, like you should be concerned you should want them to be able to tell you everything like what kind of um, fucked up relationship are they in yeah and somebody necking themselves in front of you like mm. at a gruesome way um even though she's in that environment she may have seen that once or twice mm. but maybe i still not can't imagine it being easy though no um that's not a normal thing to happen to you it's like mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's one thing to be in a, a work environment or in a a, a medical environment. Look, you're going to see people die. That's just what happens when you're at a hospital. Yeah. But and you, you probably see the aftermath. See people of an do that. Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's completely 
balls of the wall out there. That's that's sensory overload. And uh, I've had too many people decide that they've had enough with this world. Still haven't seen it up close and personal, which I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Still a shot, but they actually have it done in such a way. Um, nah, you'd have a bit of it. Oh shit! Here, have another fucking. <laughs> and they're trying to do this middle class thing, you know, the uppity middle class type people, but they're mm-hmm. both trailer trash essentially. When you see the house, the, the upbringing they come from, so it's like, oh you, yeah, you win. You'd revert back to type, fucking plug. So it's um, weird dynamics. The character, as I said, the characters are too fake. And maybe it's part of the psychosis. We'll see as it unravels as part of the psychosis. She's built up this image of persona. Yeah. But yeah, the, if you're chugging white wine anyway, you're an idiot. Oh, God, that's fucking... Yeah, I mean, just go straight for the bourbon or something. Come on. Like... Get something decent in you. <laughs> right. Jesus Christ um yeah um i just didn't get i didn't feel any i just felt a coldness mm-hmm. and people going through the motions and then you know sympathy for the character because you're like oh god these are fucking arseholes yeah and that's the sort of thing that puts me off trying to be successful in life i don't want to be in those circles i don't want to mix with those people i can barely <laughs> stomach them when i have to work with them but i have no desire to live that lifestyle Mm-hmm. And be that, you know, if that's what you have to be to like be financially successful and that and be that sort of fucking idiot, no thanks, I'm good. Uh, it just it, it calls something in me when I see these type of people and the way they live their lives and play it, I'm just uh, uh, disgusted. Fair, but when I see trashy people too, I get the same revulsion, so I'm aware I don't fit in anywhere, you know. It's just, <laughs> see, I just feel that way when I see people in general, it's just like, ooh, gross. Yeah. Like, there's a few that I like. There's a lot that I'll tolerate, but for the most part, man. Yeah, so like, like I was <laughs> born to be a hermit in the woods. Like that's pretty much it. I can see that. I can I can go uh, that way. Just I like my I've got I like my comforts too, so those can build myself comfortably. Yeah, yeah. As long as I got running water, electricity, and good internet, just throw me in the middle of the woods. I I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. That'll be it. Um, of course, um, we get introduced to Mustache. Yeah, and which that, we may as well okay. get a fucking billboard out. Yeah, it was. Uh, I had a problem with it initially because it's like, oh, obviously they're gonna kill a cat. Why are you introducing a cat? Like that's the only reason animal is there typically. But and I will say, uh, it was so poorly done that it worked perfectly for me like i understand it was supposed to look real it did not look real like especially the scene with the kid pulling him out of the box that kid literally had nothing in his hand (laughs) and i i dug that but why they gotta kill the animal why i always kill the animal you're fucking assholes with that and it's a trope that's been done time and time again and they already set it up because the way she got the food bowls out three times, they're making a big thing. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just a background character to say they had a camera, especially this big, empty, cold house. Mm-hmm. And the one cat, like you'd have at least five cats. Let's be honest, if you have that space. Yeah, at the very least. 
at the very least. So the one singular cat, you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh God, um, just right here back there. The, the most horrific scene, it wasn't even gruesome, but um, there's a Tenth Eastwood movie about a serial killer. It wasn't playing Misty for me. It was um, the one that the, their, his families had like all these dogs like running about and yapping and friend killer took them all out. I was like, oh, you bastard. Yeah, it's. I hate it. It's such a lazy fucking trope. Like, oh, this is how we show that this person's evil. No, just show us the person is evil. Like, we'll understand. We'll be able to put two and two together. You don't have to kill the animals. I mean, with this, I understood because it was like just literally trying to separate her from everything so that it could take her in the end. And Mm -hmm. spoiler, it's fucking successful. But still, it's like, I. Cat could have just ran away. I've been okay with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, what was the problem? I just don't like it. It's just, um, uh, like I said, it's lazy. It's, mm-hmm. But at the same time, it didn't work in the sense of this thing's actually taking over her psyche that she has blackouts mm-hmm. and can actually make her carry out actions. Yeah. What did you think of the whole, because this played into the whole family dynamic between Rose and Holly, the sisters, um, that first dinner date scene? That, I mean, I believed it. That's how I am with a lot of my family. <laughs> you just kind of tune out, and then they say something, and it's like, ah, yes, I should acknowledge that they spoke. Yeah, it's uh, fully fucking believable for me. So I don't even go through the motions. I'm just like, nah. <laughs> Most of my family don't. Just the bollocks and nothing gone with them. Never really had them growing up, so I'm like, yeah, that's it. Apart from the other cousin or two, generally, my family don't exist. That's just the way it is. Can't be bothered. Yeah. Don't see the point in giving up your time to spend with someone that you're not invested in. Mm-hmm. And just that whole dinner, it's like, why is he even bother at this yeah. point? Especially when you're separating yourselves. You different personalities you don't like each other for a start that's obvious mm-hmm. why do they waste time but it kind of shows i think their own lives that they're empty because the only people have are each other yeah yeah i feel like people don't appreciate solitude as much as they should there is this and i think that's what causes a lot of problems people can't be comfortable in their own company mm-hmm and it's those that are reaching out and latch on to people and even people that are not even remotely close to you, they'll latch on them just because they're there. And then that's why you have failed relationships. That's why you have problems. Yeah. And in the moment they're trying to say that you're everything I want in a friend or partner, but they're not, they're just filling a void, but they don't know how to do it themselves. And this is played out in this movie, let's be honest. It's oh yeah. Like, um, Rose and uh, what do you call them? Trevor. Trevor. Yeah, uh, like those two should not be together. No, like they're not. No, no, they're not even. They're not even friends. Shacking up, you know, making a mm-hmm. the house or a life for themselves. They're fucking empty vessels. You yeah. just kind, and kind it's, of drift together. Yeah, it's so so terrible. <laughs> and even like a partner. What's that? I said even Rose and her partner as well. It's the same thing. Yeah. That's, uh, but I think that contributes as well, where that what this entity feeds on. Mm-hmm. So it plays out a good uh, 
section of what what it feeds on and this is the sort of people it's gravitated towards but it doesn't quite answer does the the once the entity's latched on does it go looking for someone like that or is it just happy coincidence that it finds a new host yeah yeah that's a bit i'm struggling with as well because it's like it, because it can actually control its uh, host's actions and make the host forget or not even realize it's doing that sort of thing. Can it read and write? Can it search people? Can it choose its next victim? Or is it on the clock and just has to find someone? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I would imagine it'd be the former, but I, at the same time, with stuff like this, I don't mind not knowing everything because it adds to the you know the mystery of the entity and how it works. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we get stuff like it follows, and that was pretty straightforward how it works, and it was like, oh, okay, cool. Never revisited it. Um, this one I'd watch again. I'm not. Um, I make a little run through, but it's not something I'd be like super excited to pick up just. Because once you once you once you've seen it, you've seen it. It's one of the movies. I mean, I I don't know. I dug it the second time like way more than I did the first time. But this is also like my like my kind of shit. Like I love stuff that feels like it's stylistically from the late '90s, early 2000s, like almost like the early James Wan type of shooting. And that that's what this felt like to me. Like I I loved it. Okay, and then uh, what's up? Cal's character, the ex-boyfriend. Like, what was the point of him? Apart from well, a plot device, it his character worked. I mean, he was the driving force between or uh, uh, behind rather her finding out what's going on with the curse and how to prevent it, and then ultimately fail. Like he was, yeah. He was a weird one. But being an ex, and being an ex, he could have easily been a sympathetic police officer that maybe was looking into this himself. I don't know. Like the ex angle, it makes sense to me, especially because like it's set up from the get go that he clearly wants her. It was not a mutual breakup, so mm-hmm. it makes more sense why he's doing shit, like going out of his way to get information for, her, going out of his way to get her an interview with the only survivor of this curse. Like a sympathetic cop's not going to do that shit because this is just you know a random person from work, whereas this guy's like, hey, maybe I can get back in her pants this way. So I, I bought it. I don't. Know, I just got the feeling that there's a chance for us to expand out, and it just centered on the same characters and just went around the circle. Because with these type of movies, I like the exploration part and the investigative part, mm-hmm. and it just felt like she investigated once and then went back into her circle again. She revisited the same people. And that's what I find a bit frustrating. Where I'd I like to maybe delve a bit more into it and meet new characters, even if only briefly, to maybe fully discover the horror of this and how long it's been going. Um, and it just felt like she dipped her toe into it and then retreated straight back into the same circle oh, of five people. See, I, I kind of see it as um, like because they didn't explore the extent of like how long this has been going on. Uh, they didn't see all the people uh that were the survivors of the victims like i feel like that kind of leaves it open to if they want to bring back or if they want to come back to this story they can with a different character and maybe explore further back 
So I think it's smart on their part if they did want to do the sequel. But... Oh god, it's also don't get a Sinister Two type thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the try that. The try that one. It took me a while to took me a while to actually stomach watching the first one and then of course i saw it and actually enjoyed it second one yeah definitely not so much yeah i don't think this is uh this is not a franchise i don't believe it's a franchise um i, think See, I, I don't know man i i gotta argue with that like i because the thing is the the entity like everything that we saw on screen of the entity is the manifestation of her own psyche so mm -hmm. they could play like the same beats with a different character and have completely different visuals and it could i don't know i i i would like to see where they go with that if that was ever a thing that they were going to do well i guess this movie was pretty successful it's actually been lauded um just worry. I, I don't like hype, you know, when hype moves, it kind of puts me off. But generally, this has been well received. And don't get me wrong, I enjoyed this movie. Didn't hate it. Mm -hmm. Just a few bits that are just not sitting with me. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know why it's purposeful or just my reaction to certain characters and people. You know, a certain, as we talked about at the start, this fucking middle class subset living in a bubble. Uh, I don't like so these characters you know makes it difficult for me to have sympathy for the characters i'm gonna say the beast in this case you know uh I'm, I'm more interested about the beast and what it can do and the fact that it is a talk and thinking entity mm -hmm. and not just a mindless thing i want to add more of that the characters are beat puppets as far as i'm concerned especially this lot oh man fucking... I, I feel like we got that pretty well because again it's one of those things where you don't want to see the monster more than you have to because that's what makes it scary but mm -hmm. the fact that anytime she does see the monster prior to like the full-blown possession um and like, even gosh, that was terrifying like the, the scene with the uh the therapist when she's sitting there that going was, over that the, was the, best scene the whole movie uh, oh my I'll god and it's so funny too because that's a trailer moment and in the trailer it's like oh that looks that doesn't look good but once we get the context it's like holy shit that's effective because it's out in the open because uh, they're uh, in their uh, living room or whatever which is just nothing but windows it's the middle of the day so it's bright as shit all the colors are vivid like it's the opposite of where you'd want to put a jump scare so it was so effective and that's um, i've talked about this before that's the best horror it's done in daylight mm -hmm. i don't think a yeah horror it's, directors it's, understand that's horror texas chainsaw massacre middle of the day uh still the most impactful movie of all time and it still gives people the heebies. dude the one that still gets me to this day like anytime i think of something that like got under my skin it's the witch in the window like just being in the middle of the fucking day and hanging on it uh you know again i, I i'm usually a fan of less is more but when it gets to a point where it's uncomfortable like that's pretty sweet too yeah, because we use the when it gets dark, spooky shadows. Not, but if you can put enough horrors on, I'm going to cover you. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I can't get rid of this thing. Um, yeah, middle of the day, you're supposed to be safe. You're not supposed to be harassed. Mm -hmm. And when you get the true horrors happening, then that's that's fantastic. And it has to be it has to be cleverly done. 
And that's mm. props to this movie for doing that scene with the therapist so straight-laced until the phone call. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Uh, definitely my favourite scene in the whole movie, just because of the impactfulness. And yeah. even having seen the trailer, I'll, still unexpected. Just brilliant the way, because uh, I was I was invested, and I was going yeah. on with the scene anyway, and I'd actually forgotten about the trailer. Seeing it, it, it still worked. Mm-hmm. Um, the one with her sister running out of the house and the head drooping that didn't work. I it made me laugh. So yeah, I just I'll, like, I'll, what the hell is that? I'll give it a single thumbs up for that one because it made me giggle. Yeah, that that might have been the level of you know uh, you know, but. Once again, what I've said about how it's so hard to translate a psychotic breakdown on the mm-hmm. screen. It doesn't impact us as a viewer, but Rose, I, I feel... we know, is on the edge mm-hmm. anyway, well, and she was on the edge before she encountered us, and that's what we find out going along, but she, she was just one incident away from breaking apart any roads. Yeah, yeah. She's working herself to death. She's in a loveless relationship. She's an empty person yeah well and she's constantly battling with the trauma from a child you know her childhood where she watched her mother od and of course at the end we find out that mom tried to get her to save her but she was fucking terrified of her and secretly wanted her dead yeah because it's not right for a child to go through that um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, the whole backstory as a child that grew up somewhat like that, yeah, I totally get it, like, not wanting to help. It's like, eh, they check out, that means I don't have to deal with this anymore. So, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, um, not right. I'm a firm believer in a stable home. Mm-hmm. I respect everything, you know, you close your front door and that should be peace. Not always possible, but still, that should be the mindset. And if somebody's broken and they don't understand that, that's where... I've dealt with broken people all my life, you know, through work and voluntary things. Uh, kind of why I'm a cynical little bastard now, because I just see the pattern repeat. And nobody, too many people just put a sticking plaster on it and they're, they're coasting for a nice, well-paid job. And they're not actually interested in delving into the bottom of the problem. They want to say nice words. They want to virtue signal. They want to do the things. Like what I said at the start about the, the actually supporting if you claim to love the franchise, then put your hand in your fucking pocket and support it. That's worth more than all the virtue signal of the day. And it's the same with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know what the problems are. It's not a it's not a hard thing. It's all down to those first years of your life, how you're brought up mm-hmm. can dictate the rest. So we're seeing Rose's character, and we can understand she feels like she's paying some sort of penance and she's prepared to work herself to death mm-hmm. to pay this penance that she feels she has to taking the burden on her shoulders as what was she 11 when this happened yeah it was like 10 or 11 yeah what what fucking 11 year old needs the do that shit mm-hmm. and recent experience of with an addict is not fun and it's like yeah. that's not right what what fucking part of your brain doesn't understand you don't get on i guess when you're raising a kid it's fucking Ah, mm-hmm. That just gets me, but you can understand as this gets more revealed, the deep trauma, and then the two sisters. And like, like I said, I don't understand why they just didn't cut each other out of their lives. Rose went one direction, 
and uh, Holly went the other. Yeah. And she's playing the, the middle class soccer mom sort of thing. Um, and that's her role she's found. And mm-hmm. uh, the house is filled and noisy with all these people, but it's still an empty house. It's still that. Her husband kind of understands it, I think, and that's why he's kind of protective. Mm-hmm. He, I think he understands more than fucking Mr. Woodenplank. Oh, yeah. Well, not only understands, but cares. <laughs> yeah. Like, clearly cares. Even though it didn't, I didn't read his character, still, there's more of a a love in that relationship mm-hmm. and i think holly's done a better job of trying to break the cycle but yeah definitely why she maintains a relationship with her sister i don't know because that's the toxic i mean element. that's yeah i mean that's just called having a family <laughs> like you want to cut them out because they're bad for you but they're still your family so it's like ah, i guess i'll kind of talk to them like i uh, thing is i relate so much to this fucking movie that it's like huh i wonder when i'm gonna get possessed by something that's gonna make me kill myself oh don't get me wrong my, not uh, too one side of my family in particular is super <laughs> toxic um, yeah one side of my family is super toxic and honestly most of them uh no time for whatsoever mm-hmm. the other side are rough and ready but they weren't as bad but it didn't really have much of a opportunity to get to know them there's a massive age gap for a start. I was a young kid and they're all in the adulthood. <laughs> so that didn't help. Um, but there's one side of my family that maybe passed the time of day with. The other side, I just wouldn't have anything to do with. And I've cut many of them off. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they're, hello, Colin. I'm like, who the hell are you? Like, there's people, there's members of my family who would walk past me in the street and I would not recognize them. And that's a <laughs> genuine truth. But then again, that's how I am wired. I, I do cut. I burn bridges. That's mm-hmm. always been my persona. So maybe I don't understand this people grasping together for the sake of it. So maybe that's that I didn't get from this movie because I'm like, why is he even still talking to each other? But then that's me going, fucking I wouldn't I wouldn't bother. Yeah. Yeah, because you're smart. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have seen evidence to the opposite of that in real time. I mean, you know, you win some you <laughs> we have, we have seen contradicted evidence to my intelligence and life choices. <laughs> but it's all about how I'm... you pick yourself up. Yeah, well, that's moving forward. That's all you can do. <laughs> mm. um, this is where we might disagree. The uncovering of the mystery itself was it enough for you, or I feel it was kind of glossed over. Like I said, Maybe it's just because I wanted more mystery solving see it worked for me because like one it leaves it open to exploring this more and not it and it not being stale potentially um but two like she's also like she was told from the get-go i mean it's not the get-go but about day two or three that she has four to seven days like that's the average time span of when somebody witnessed a suicide and then Mm -hmm. committed suicide so the fact that she only got to explore oh so much of it all the while trying to like keep her shit together and um you know try to figure out a way to essentially get rid of the curse like i understood she's only going to get so far with it um 
and I mean that's why I I like her ex boyfriend character uh, because it's like of course that's the only thing that was going to help to uh, progress her discovery of everything going on. In fairness, um, I have second more of her using her professional status on if the Cal character had to be more invested himself researching this mystery. Here's what I've discovered, but I can only go too far as a police officer. Maybe you as a psychiatrist can help. You know, I'm older and scully type thing I was looking forward to, but maybe because yeah. I'm looking for the, the folklore. I like things that are delving myth or folklore. No, same. I I agree. And that's that's why I think and I hope honestly they set up a sequel because like going deeper down the rabbit hole would be awesome. Maybe a different character completely is not the same. If they do the same middle class bubble, mm-hmm. I'm out. But if they do it with somebody completely random, and that, that's where I was trying to figure out, is it looking for, does it choose its victims, even though it's got a limited time? Well, and the thing is, it would actually make sense. Like, if they picked up the, like, if they were to do the sequel, but pick up exactly where it left off, because that's how it works. You see somebody kill themselves, and then you got four to seven days. Um, I mean, pick up with the cop. And obviously, he already has an idea of what's going on he already knows like oh shit like he's got the list of people like he could delve in further with that shit so i don't know that again i guess that's just me hoping that there's going to be a sequel but that's why i i didn't feel like it, it it's why i don't feel like i needed more of an explanation of the curse or anything you're you're kind of seeing the long picture where i'm kind of wanting enough threads in the, the original movie maybe yeah. that's Maybe because I wasn't, yeah. like I said, I don't like the, I didn't like the characters, so I don't want to spend too much time with them. I wanted to like delve away more into the mystery because these characters are fucking unlikable. Cal, I kind of feel sympathy for. Mm-hmm. He's a bit of a tragic case because he's fallen in love with a broken thing. Yeah, that he's never going to unattainable fix. broken thing at that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> right back to said stupid fucking choices in life but <laughs> yeah um yeah i just uh maybe i'm looking for that maybe a sequel wouldn't be too bad um this did it's done really well so there's it's viable for there to be a sequel because it's been i don't think anybody's piled on it i know i'm picking, but i did watch the movie i just felt because it was two hours long Maybe could have truncated a bit. Towards the end, it was dragging yeah, on a bit. Some of it could have definitely been hogged off. Like it's that's the thing. I I have no problem watching a movie that's two plus hours, if it's necessary. Like that. Honestly, that's my biggest gripe with the uh, like Terrifier two. They could have taken an hour off of that movie, and it would have been amazing. They could have taken away the whole storyline of. Uh, God, what's her face being the chosen one? Their father's visions up out of nothing. Mm-hmm. No, then took it away. If anything, like especially that end scene, like it was just like, why? When the fuck did Rob Zombie take over this movie? Because that felt like Halloween too. I think, um, I think the director felt he had to ramp it up. I think he wasn't expecting the success from the first one. And maybe there's this whole thing of having to ramp it up. And he was, his name's all over it. So he's kind of um, fucking George Lucas type territory of I'm the director, I'm the producer, I'm this, I'm that. And I think he needed somebody to help him along. 
I think if he's going for the third one, he needs a, he needs somebody to help him along, take the burden off, and him stick to the original ethos of uh, art. Because mm-hmm. art works so well as just a evil, sadistic being that just lives for the hunt. Yeah, that's enough. That's enough. Well, he was so mad too. Like I want to see the to, cut. Of... Do we need to do? Do we need to do a deep dive in both of these movies? <laughs> I guess shit. <laughs> I know. I did. I talk about Terrifier too. Yeah, I did. Didn't I? I don't yeah. unbox the Blu-rays, but we can. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I, we'll I thought it. you did do a a review of didn't the second. I'm pretty sure you did. I think fucking movies by Donald. Whatever we, it doesn't matter. We can fucking talk about yeah. it because I, I didn't we'll talk, talk about, about it with you. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think we'll do the. I think we'll do Terrifier One and Two. We'll do a dice on Just go, go balls deep. Because I, uh, I think they didn't go too far to ruin it. I know we're going off on a tangent, but here, if you've watched this show more than once, it's what we do. We're at the end of this movie anyway, so. <laughs> Yeah, it, that's the thing. Like th- this movie is definitely very light on the story. It's all about the atmosphere, the ambiance, and the just sheer terror of what she's going through and not being able to accept it. Yeah, it's all her character. That's what this is focused on. Um, and I'm more interested in the supernatural entity and where it comes from and how, you know, what makes that tick and where. So I didn't get my fix of enough of that without. Once again, don't need to see the monster because we know that the monster shape shifts. Then I get it shifts shifts to the individual person's uh, own fears. Mm-hmm. So I get that. I don't need to see a physical creature. See, I don't There's know, man. I I dug that ending scene, like where we got like a. But that split. still wasn't the. That still wasn't the creature. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's the cool part though. Is the creature is whatever that person's psyche is terrified of uh, i mean it ends up being the mother and then the mother becomes all gigantic and deformed and, all and then it, at the wasn't, end what's that it wasn't the actual creature it was a, a bastardization of the mother figure so it wasn't we didn't get a reveal yeah we did though actually because the moment where the creature's like got full possession like splits open her mouth and is starting to go in that's not the mother anymore that's not the mother deformation that's like just i don't think it was for example i I don't think we could see that again we could see something completely different and that's going to your theory and i like that idea i do like that idea this could be something it could be smaller next time and climb in there but it could be a spider it could be a bird it could be anything just because it happened to be this particular shape doesn't mean that's the final form of the creature which like you're saying that's that's what i'm on board with it doesn't have to be well it's just i mean that's like what pennywise does and that's yeah fucking awesome it's just a a mirror of the psyche and just Mm -hmm. uh she's still seeing it while she's being possessed and that's i'm i'm down with that that's uh that's where I wanted to see a bit more of, like I said, the story or occasions or some sort of, I wanted a thread. I wanted a thread of some sort of myth or lore to hold on to. That's that's all I wanted because I love that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And if it does, and it doesn't have to reveal everything in the second movie, if I do go for one, 
but give me a couple of those threads rather than another character piece. Well, and see, that's why I think if they were to do a sequel and they were to pick up off or pick up where they left off, that's how we would get that because we already have the whole setup of the entity, how it possesses somebody, and how the curse works. So, and he's already coming into it with that knowledge, uh, both mm-hmm. firsthand and from the research. So, it would just make sense that he would go deeper into it to see how far back it goes. Um, and if there were any, yeah, he's better equipped. Cal's better equipped, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so with I, a little bit of time because he's looking and cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, our final conversation was decent. That could have been so cheesy, but it actually mm-hmm. worked out. And then the, it reminds me back to the argument. Sorry. Oh, well, I, I was going to say that's why I, I feel like the length of the movie kind of worked because we get so much build up to it that when the final confrontation happens and the possession happens it's such a little blip in the grand scheme of the movie that it's not cheesy it's not overdone um and especially because a lot of this other than the cat has been practically done like they didn't do cgi smiles they didn't do you know big scary cgi characters i mean of course there was some shit that it looked wonky because how else are you going to pull that off practically like the stabbing scene in the hospital where Mm -hmm. she's just going to town um like that that knife is not going to go that fast into somebody no so of course they had to do that (laughs) plus plus once we find out that that was just a, a, a hallucination anyways that fits well um so i think the context of everything it, it it worked really well oh yeah i have no problem um and you know me i love great about cgi effects mm-hmm. but i didn't get that that's one thing i can say yeah. no complaints uh i went along and i got everything in its context even the wonky bit like i said the, the comedy bit of uh holly's head wonking down for no yeah. reason um but then when the cut to the scene of her just flipping out in her car by herself and the wee kid watching her it actually that could have been a really daft cheesy scene mm-hmm. but once again back to the transit under her psychosis and you see her just in the car ah, and the weekend watching like traumatized yeah. watch it like who wants to watch somebody losing their their breakdown in front of you and not be a mm-hmm. person anymore so that's that's where the balanced out the cheesiness of that particular scene by flipping it straight across and it worked brilliantly and that's what this movie has mm-hmm. done so well Definitely is where it yeah. could have fallen into complete cheesiness and daftness by bringing it back to it's her head and this is what i'm saying at the start why it's so difficult to translate psychosis on the screen mm-hmm. because you don't know what's in somebody else's head so what might be a trigger for someone that could completely not affect you yeah and vice versa and that's that's never going to be a hundred percent you're never going to fully bring that across But yeah, uh, back to what I said. When you actually see the family home, the fact that it's land there, derelict, and it's um, in the middle of nowhere, and then it reminds me back to the argument her and her sister have about selling the home. Maybe that's why they're still in touch, because Holly wants rid of that place, mm-hmm. and Rose is holding on to it, and there's no viable reason. Like, yeah, you still have to pay property tax, don't you? Yeah. 
So if that's uh, land abandoned, the property tax still has to be paid. That's one thing I don't understand about a lot of these movies. These old abandoned homes that stay there for years and years, yet they don't get reclaimed because of property tax. It's the same over here with um, council tax. If you don't pay your council tax, the bailiffs are coming after you. So why do these home who who's paying this? Right. Um at what point legally, I know it's I'm no, I know I'm getting into semantics, but I'm just it's always been a running problem with the old abandoned house that just lies there. Mm-hmm. There's no way that's sat there and no attempt has been made to reclaim it. If Rose is paying the the property tax in this, then would she not at some point have claim to the house? Yeah. Full claim. Yeah, if that's... Holly want them to keep it, why is she only paying half? Is she paying half the property tax? I know it's I know it's a movie, but it just it's that practicality <laughs> niggles at me. Yeah. There's some way to break out deadlock, and that's the thing. The property tax is stopping this prop, uh, piece of land and house being reclaimed by somebody. But that's <laughs> that's just me nitpicking. And it's hard not to nitpick shit like that sometimes because it just it pops into your head randomly and it's like that's what you'll pick at it's like that little bit of hangnail that you just keep going until there's a cut all the way up the side of your arm yeah that's why i need distractions like lore and stuff that's why i need to be distracted because <laughs> when you focus on that i'm just if that's all you're getting yeah. me to look at then i'm going in <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah the it all uh worked out like she didn't want to be fine or she wanted to end the curse but she drove her car right up with her phone and gps tracking and stuff so we knew it was setting up for her to be fine anyway but yeah that could easily be explained that she's not the the entity is working against her as much as she's trying to work against it mm-hmm. and with her breakdown so she wouldn't think like drives a car right up to the property uh if she wasn't if she was thinking more she'd have driven the car somewhere else and walked in mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's kind of explained, I think, with the battle between her and the entity. The entity's trying to work its will too, because it wants to carry on. Yeah, Cal was a good. Uh, I think Cal was a good uh, person to bring up at the end. The witnesses. Yeah. So while I had problems with his character being the ex and stuff, now now you've kind of talked me. You talked me into uh, his value and merits. Well, that's the thing. Like it. If he was a good ex in his mind, of course he's gonna know where like her secret place is, and like if she's trying to hide, where the fuck is she gonna go? The one place that she has to go that's isolated. So yeah, it, it just it made sense that he would have been the one that showed up. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a good ending. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it could be set up for a sequel. As long as I don't do uh, Sinister Two mm-hmm. type sequel. Please don't do that. That was yeah. a good. That was a good time. There was, and it was annoying because with that movie, uh, there was enough there to make a very interesting franchise mm-hmm. to play with, and then they fucked it up. The second movie, I was like, okay, there is. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was so surprised with Black Phone actually, because it's like, oh god, if this is you, don't don't ever make a Black Phone tell you. <laughs> um. Yeah, he mustn't. Uh, he might be okay with the original ideas, but not the not the sequel sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how this uh, plays out because it was real, uh, did really well at the box office. Mm-hmm. People are raving about it. It's like generally positive reviews. 
it thankfully hasn't got caught into the nonsense. It's refreshing to see a movie that hasn't caught into if you don't watch this, you're an estophobe, fucking blah, 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 blah. And if you do mm. watch it, you're an estophobe, blah, 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 this stupid shit that goes on. It's nice to have a movie and um, talk about it in its own merits. Mm-hmm. So nice. Yeah, um, it's so rare these days, and it's fucking stupid. That's why if we can keep the dickheads out of horror, use fucking do whatever you want with other uh, franchises and other genres, crack on with that, but leave us alone because right. we can we can sit here and spend over an hour now picking over bits and in the end we'll both enjoy the movie. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we'll, yeah, we'll no, I, I dug it. I mean, it's funny too, so I was nervous because everything I had seen from people I knew that saw it, it was just not good. And it's like, ah, I don't know if I believe them, but fuck it, I'll try it. And yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised with this movie. Yeah, cool. Um, so there you go. There's our review. Um, let us know what you think. If you've watched it, obviously leave comments. Uh, start a conversation. Respectfully, of course. Don't be an arse. No need. We have managed <laughs> to disagree on things and still, uh, <laughs> still keep it civil. It's, it is possible, you know. Yeah. So, Great guys, look at you that you lost Adam when you brought up property taxes. <laughs> I mean, I get it, dude. I get it. Yeah, I'm fucking home too. We have the same over here that with shit. council tax. It's a fucking uh it's a strong arming tactic. It's fucking horrible. And they go proper aggressive over here. If you miss I think more than a month, the bailiffs will actually come to your door, practically kick it down and take your possessions. Shit. Proper militant over here. Obviously, only in England because if they tried it in Scotland or anywhere else, they get the shit kicked out of them. So they only get away <laughs> with it in England because fucking English are weak and put up with it. <laughs> Seems to me if somebody if somebody over here appears with a high res vest or one of them stupid, uh, a lot of security people wearing them stupid tactical vests. It's like, what the fuck are you putting all those pockets? You're walking around a fucking shopping centre or a supermarket. <laughs> They're all wearing fucking tactical vests, but people automatically refer to them. It's very very strange. In England. But anywhere else, they just get slapped about for being an arse and get laughed at. I mean, that, that's how it should be. <laughs> it's uh, something else, but that's that's another tangent yet again. Um, but if one thing, this uh, this movie should bring about the evil of property tax and council tax, because if you bought somewhere, you own it. That should be it, not your fucking temporary rent until the government decides it wants to take it off you or have a mechanism to do so. Right. But that's, that's our social, political fucking done they can spit that much not the entire channel um so just like to wrap up i want to say thanks to our horrific authors we are nearly at the 100th horrific tale with about two so more stories so if, if you're an aspiring writer and author please send in your submissions um let's get to the 100th at least and then we can crack on 2023 with a to get the 200 it's entirely possible um, but I want to say thanks to D.P. Wilson and Justin J. Hammerstad for their uh, submissions. I know we've been a bit behind with a couple of stories that catch up. Work, illness, school, just a combination of factors. Yeah. Just easy uh, as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we do just remember this isn't our business. It's a, it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll try our best, though, to keep a constant pre- presence. And in the end, we want to... The whole point of this is to showcase independent uh, creators as well as talking about mainstream stuff. You know, it's it's celebration of the genre. That's what we're here for. So, as usual, please keep up with the channel. 
do the teddy cookie things. And until next time, keep it creepy. Keep it horrific. Keep it horrific. <laughs>